Iran is fast becoming a formidable superpower. Prove that Iran is the biblically prophesied king of the south and understand what God expects his loyal people to do with this information. Next, on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. We have updated my book on the King of the South, and we will, but uh, it is really considerably better, and we will be happy to send you a copy if you'd like to request it. All of our literature is free. The U.S. is uh, supporting Ukraine in a war against Russia, and now Russia has rejected our nuclear arms agreement or covenant. And so many reporters are looking at that, and quite a few of them anyhow, and are wondering and somewhat fearful of World War III because it's not looking good at all. So uh, I want to read you one small quote. Herbert W. Armstrong prophesied for decades that we should focus on the Middle East. That is where the world order would begin to unravel, triggering World War III. Now, did that happen? Has that come to pass? If you look at the Middle East today, is it unraveling, or could you say it's already unraveled? Now, that certainly is the way it is in the Middle East, and that's dangerous beyond what most people think. But the good news of all this is, the conclusion of it all is that Jesus Christ is going to stop World War III Himself. He's going to have to, or, well, there wouldn't be anybody left. So He's going to do that, and He's going to uh, make sure that there are no more wars in this world forever. And there are over a hundred prophecies that tell you just that. But the transition is not going to be easy going from this world to the rule of Jesus Christ. I wrote this in December 1994. This is a trumpet article titled, Is Iraq About to Fall to Iran? Here's what I wrote. The most powerful Arab country in the Middle East is Iran. Can you imagine the power they would have? If they gain control of Iraq, the second largest oil producing country in the world. Now, that essentially has happened. Iran has great control over Iraq today, and they have all that oil, and a lot of people just don't understand how powerful that Iran is becoming in the Middle East. They just don't understand. If you look at what's happening now, China and Iran are uniting with Russia against Ukraine. Ukraine supporters, including the U.S. and the U.K. and other nations of Europe. And this is so. This is not a small problem. It's something that we really do need to be concerned about. We can't just keep ourselves blind to what's going on in this world, or we're going to pay a very high price of suffering. Daniel 11 and verse 40, here's what it says, And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him. This is Iran, the king of the south, 
And the king of the north, this is the uh, European power led by Germany, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. So this Daniel 11 verse 40 vision continues right on down to the end of this book in all of chapter 12. And it, it uh, concludes with Jesus Christ returning and ruling this world. You can read that yourself. The King of the North, though, conquers the Iranian power. And we need to understand that because it is going to shake the world when that happens. And they're not going to be able to uh, believe it very easily, but it is going to happen. The King of the North is that European power, and, and it's going to uh, cause a lot of problems. Let's notice Daniel 12 and verse 1 where this vision continues. You know, and I think from uh, uh, those of you who are familiar with this program know that Daniel uh, 12 and verse 4 and verse 9 tell you that Daniel is only for this end time. Only for this end time. Notice what Daniel 12 and verse 1 says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which stands for the children of your people, that is Israel, and that includes America and Britain and the Jewish nation. They are primarily Israel in this end time, prophetically. And then it goes on to say, And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. So here we find good news even there. God says that He's going to protect His very elect in this horrible time that's coming upon this earth. And He, he says many are called, but few are chosen. But more people should be chosen, and we need to be concerned about this because this is reality we're talking about. This is the real world, and everybody should be concerned about it. Now let's read John just a little further, and we'll see how inspiring this conclusion is. Verse 2, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So that's after the second coming of Christ. Then verse 3, notice this, one of the most inspiring verses in the Bible, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness. They turn many to righteousness. What is God going to reward them with for doing that? Notice, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. They're going to shine like the stars forever and ever and ever. That is what God is going to reward people for if they help to get this message out before Christ gets here. That's what this is all about. The very elect of God will turn many to righteousness. Uh, that's an inspiring ending that ought to really be pondered by all of us because it means so much 
to every one of us, whether we heed it now or not. God is still going to bring these things to our minds in the future. But we will be able to share David's throne with uh, Jesus Christ as His bride and rule the world forever and then rule the universe forever. We get to share the throne with Jesus Christ Himself all that time forever. Let's go back in history and I want to just show you a little bit of how this all develops right up to uh, now before our eyes. Here is a short quote. Back in 1993, Iran asserted its authority in a territorial claim in Persian Gulf waters. The Washington Report in Middle East Affairs wrote this about this incident. Apparently, the Iranians are calculating exactly how far they can push their neighbors. And at about that time, Iran had humiliated the U.S. Navy by holding some of its soldiers hostage at gunpoint because they had gotten a little bit over in their waters and it was all done accidentally. But nevertheless, they were demanding an apology before the whole world. And they wanted to humiliate the U.S. and show the world who was really in charge of the Middle East. And we let it all happen. And so then later came Afghanistan and we caved in there too in many ways. According to people in the world, that's the way they view it and certainly the way it is. But we know that uh, this King of the South is very, very aggressive and pushes again and again and again. Surely we have to believe that somewhere along the line somebody is going to respond to one of those calculated pushes that uh, really uh, they didn't calculate too well. That's what we're uh, looking at and pretty soon Iran is probably going to get the nuclear bomb. Another short quote. Here's what it says. The word push means to strike used of horned animals or to push with a horn. It also means to wage war. Push is a violent word. Think about all of the crusades they have had in this world and often backed by the Holy Roman Empire. But look at all of the horrible desolation in this world and they're, they're fighting over Jerusalem because it's a holy city to the Muslims and the Christians and the Jews. And it is causing all kinds of problems in this world. Think about this. The most precious jewel of Iran's plan is to conquer Jerusalem. They know that if they could do that, they could get the whole Arab world behind them or at least they, most of them. But this is what their passion is all about. There's a similar passion in the Jews and the uh, Europeans as well. You can prove all of this to yourself, and you certainly do need to because this is reality in the Middle East, and it's chaotic to the core 
when you look at all the problems we face over there at this time, and where is America in the Middle East today, as it has been in the past? In 1997, Iraq conducted major war games involving between 150,000 and 500,000 soldiers, codenamed Road to Jerusalem. Now, can you think of anything more provocative than that from Iran to the Jews and to America as well, and even Britain, because both America and Britain support the Jews in that respect? But that threat is real, and they have a plan, and and they and they're going to fulfill it if they can. But somebody is going to stop them. Here's another short quote. We know, but one word. This is from Yasser Arafat, the late Yasser Arafat. He said, "We know, but one word: struggle, struggle, jihad, jihad, jihad. When we stop our intifada, when we stop our revolution." We go to the greater jihad, the jihad of the independent Palestinian state with its capital, Jerusalem. Jihad is the Arabic cry for holy war. They call this a holy war. And they are becoming, that is Iran, is becoming a superpower. And that is disturbing to a lot of people. You can see the fruits of that everywhere you look, and they are the number one sponsor of terrorism in the world. That is how they became the king of the south. They terrorized so many people and showed that they had power and are not afraid to use it. And what is going to happen if they get the nuclear bomb? And they almost have it now. It could be announced any day, I suppose. But what are we doing about it? Well, certainly you can't see very much that is being done. I want to read to you again just something here to help you understand that this nation is different than any others. If they get the nuclear bomb, you can be assured of a nuclear war. That's a that's there's not even any question about that. Here's a quote: Either we shake one another's hands in joy, the, the Arab leader says, in the victory of Islam in the world, or all of us will turn to eternal life and martyrdom. In both cases, victory and success are ours. That's the way they view it. Former Israeli ambassador to the United Nations Dory Gold said that a nuclear Iran can't be deterred like the Soviet Union was during the war. The Iranians have a much more radical belief system. They think their savior, the twelfth Imam or Mahdi, will return sooner if they cause more apocalyptic chaos and violence. As Dory Gold pointed out, anyone who says with confidence that the West can get used to nuclear Iran and rely on classic deterrence models has absolutely no idea what he is up against. There is no nuclear power that thinks like that. They want to hasten a war because they think that will hasten the return of their Messiah. That's the way they view it. When you look at all of this, where is America and Britain? So 
Then the, it goes on to talk about how this king of the north is going to come against the king of the south like a whirlwind. They're going to be surrounding them, and that's all explained in the new updated booklet that we'll send you. All of our literature is free, but right now you can see that Germany is uh, building a very strong strategy because they have known for a long time that they're going to have a real problem with the King of the South. And they are the King of the North, and so they're strategizing immensely right now. Notice about the victory of the King of the North in Revelation 17 and verse 14. Here's the King of the North. These shall make war with the Lamb, that King of the North. And the Lamb, this is Jesus Christ returning to the earth, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with Him are called and chosen faithful." See, those that are with Him, that did this, get this message out at this time before Jesus Christ returned. This, Jerusalem is about to become the city of peace. That's what the name means. And it's going to be fulfilled by Christ Himself, but it's got to, it not only going to bring peace to this world, it's going to bring peace to the universe, which has been attacked and destroyed or damaged very heavily by two rebellions of Satan the devil. But God says this earth is going to blossom as a rose. And the universe is going to blossom as a rose. God says He's going to plant the heavens with beautiful things just like you see on this earth. Romans 8 talks about the universe just groaning for the time of the sons of God being born into the kingdom of God so they can make the universe beautiful and inspiring. And it will be something to behold for all eternity, far more beautiful than it ever is today. Just looking up at the universe is quite inspiring and moving and stirring, but it's nothing compared to what's coming. It's really almost uh, ugly by comparison, you could say. People rarely see all of the warfare in uh, the in the Middle East, but here's something that shocks a lot of people if they've not known it before uh, now, that the emphasis in all of this chaotic warring is God's own very elect. Now that's inspiring too. God really puts them right in the middle of all of this and tells everybody about it and emphasizes it, it, it over and over and over. Notice Daniel 11 and verse 32. This is about God's very elect, and it says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So, well, what's that all about? Exploits means heroic acts. God's people in the midst of all of this Middle East warring and the warring around the world is 
is, is soon coming to an end. And God's people are, are telling them, and they're doing these heroic acts by, of getting this message out to the world that is the most magnificent message you could ever even imagine. And it's far more than that. That's how great it is. Doing exploits, turning people, many people to God. And God says, if you do that, if you turn people to righteousness, then I'm going to make you shine like the stars forever and ever and ever. That's such an inspiring prophecy. How could we not be moved by that? God makes His very elect very known to people in this world if they understand Bible prophecy. We need to emphasize this over and over and over, and what it all means is we have to see this all through the, the eyes of Jesus Christ and God the Father. We have to see it through their eyes. Verse 35 of Daniel 11, it says, And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them, and to purge, and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. Yes, and that's in sight of God's own church. Most of the people are turning away. And God is going to have to try and test them to make them white, so they'll come back to God in the early part of the Great Tribulation if they don't repent before. And they have that opportunity, but everybody has that opportunity. God even says in Ezekiel 33 and verse 11, Why will you die, O Israel? He doesn't want us to have any kind of problems like that. He wants to save us now and give us salvation now, physically and spiritually. But eternal life is at stake. And you can go, and now in verse 38 it says, But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces. This is the person in charge of God's own church who has turned away from God. And a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. In his estate. In other words, the word estate, the margin says, is stead. In his stead, he's put himself instead of God. That's what is happening and has happened to God's own church. Hard to imagine, but that's what your Bible says and prophesies. They're going. They're putting himself themselves. He is putting himself in his place, in the place of God. A man has done that. What is happening? to that man. You need to know, and this book will explain it to you very carefully. So there are, among all these wars and the uh, demon and angels and, and men all over the place, all kinds of problems. But God tells us, and now look, if you'll just turn many to righteousness, do God's work and help get this message out there, I will reward you beyond words to even describe it all. They are such wonderful, wonderful, stirring words. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends.
All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request The King of the South, Jerusalem and Prophecy, and Daniel Unsealed at Last. Order now. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.